Good morning, and uh, welcome to River Glen. Everybody, whether you're here in, in Waukesha or at uh, Pewaukee or joining us online, great to have you with us. My name is Ben, one of the pastors uh, here uh, with you today, and I want to welcome you to week number two of uh, at the uh, movies. Uh, for several years, we've started our summer with the uh, movie series. Summer is a popular time for <clears throat> uh, movies, and uh, it's fun, and uh, more importantly, hopefully it's helpful to you as we unpack biblical truths from these films. And it's also a good opportunity to invite someone new to come with you. Next weekend, we're going to look at this movie. We're going to show clips from The Impossible. Many of you have probably not seen this movie. It's about the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami that killed over 200,000 people. It is a powerful uh, movie. And I think it's also a great weekend to invite somebody to come with you especially the, uh, the movie uh, lover uh, friend in your life. Well, today we're going to look at a movie, talk about a movie that's called The uh, Greatest Showman. It is a movie m- musical, and so here's how I want to get started. Just for fun, turn to somebody next to you and see how many movie musicals you can name. Take a few seconds and do that. Go ahead, turn to somebody and name as many movie musicals, both campuses, as uh, you can. All right, let's hear some. What are some movie, movie musicals? Grease, I hear Grease. Les Mis, yeah. Yeah. Um, very good, Wizard of Oz, Mary Poppins, uh, La La Land. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of musicals, uh, and Greatest Showman is a musical, but I gotta say, I really enjoyed this, this movie. Uh, how many of you have seen this movie, Greatest Showman? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, quite a few. movie came out in December 2017, and uh, it, it, um, it is the third top grossing, third highest top grossing musical of all time. It took in over $430 million at the box office, and so a very popular movie. Lots of people have seen it. For those who didn't see it, The Greatest Showman is about the real life of Phineas Taylor Barnum, known as P.T. Barnum who founded the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Something interesting about this movie, it has a Wisconsin connection. Barnum launched the uh, Greatest Show on Earth Circus in Delavan, Wisconsin in 1871. So Wisconsin has involvement in this story. And the movie tells a story of how the circus uh, begins, but there's so much more to this story in the uh, the, uh, movie. Some people watch it and they'll say, well, it's a musical or it's a love story, or it's a story about acceptance and diversity. But I think there's actually a deeper story, a deeper journey, a journey that I think frightens many people. I think it's really about the journey of a man searching for meaning in life. P.T. Barnum grew up orphaned and penniless, but he had this mind full of imagination and amazing ideas. He marries the girl of his dreams, a girl who actually grew up in high society but followed P.T. and his dreams into a, a life she'd never experienced before, a life with very few possessions but full of happiness. But P.T. always wanted to provide so much more for his family. Oh, you're 
Hey. Oh, God. You're home early. And until further notice. Well, I didn't think you were long for that job. Or any job, apparently. That's what makes our life together so exciting. Charity. This isn't the life I promised you. But I have everything I want. What about the magic? What do you call those two girls? Hey, you partners, look who moseyed into the corral. What is Daddy? Come here. Did you bring a present? Present for what? For my birthday. Your what? My birthday. It's not your birthday. OK, I do have a present. But not just any present. Oh, no. The most amazing birthday present ever. This extraordinary machine was originally created by Leonardo da Vinci 400 years ago. But the blueprints have been lost for centuries until just last week on a stormy night when a sunken pirate ship washed up on the shores of Nantucket. They found skeletons and treasures, and the blueprints were recovered by none other than J.W. Mercantile. The blueprints crossed my desk very briefly, but I managed to commit them to memory and, if I have remembered correctly, Happy birthday, Caroline. This is a wishing machine. You tell it your wishes. And it keeps them safe until they come true. Even if you forget them, they're always there. Can I tell a wish? Step right up. Go ahead. I wish to marry Santa Claus. <laughs> that is a good wish. For ballet slippers. Hey, that's, that's a good wish, too. What's your wish, Mommy? I wish... for happiness like this forever. For you, and you, and for your father. <clears throat> So P.T. loses his job, and it forces him to take the big leap and pursue his big dreams. Somehow he acquires a loan from a bank. He opens a wax museum, but he struggles to sell tickets. And so he shifts the focus to introducing unique and extraordinary, never-before-seen live acts on a circus stage, including magic tricks, flying trapeze, the smallest man alive, the tallest man alive, the 750-pound man and even the bearded lady. Now, uh, many of these people had rare medical conditions that were not really understood very well in the 1800s. And Barnum sends an amazing message of acceptance and uh, diversity. Let me show you some pictures, some real life pictures. This is uh, real life P.T. Barnum. He was born in 1810 in Connecticut. And then he recruited uh, this man right here to be a central performer in his uh, circus. His stage name was Tom Thumb. His real life name was Charles Stratton. He was a little person who became famous as the central performer in Barnum's Circus. He was actually a very talented actor, singer, and performer who changed the perception of circus people from what some people considered freaks of nature to mainstream entertainers. Uh, 
Barnum also recruited the bearded lady. Uh, her name was Annie uh, Jones. She suffered from a genetic, uh, a genetic condition that caused uh, hair to grow on her face, and she traveled the country as America's famous bearded lady. She even visited Queen Victoria. He also recruited the Siamese twins, these real-life twins named Chang and Eng Bunker, uh, who were uh, born with fused bodies. They came from Siam in Thailand, and so Barnum called them the Siamese twins. That's where that phrase comes from. Interesting detail about these uh, twins. They married sisters, and they fathered 21 children between them. Think about that, but don't think too much about that, okay? <laughs> it's a little bit awkward. Uh, moving on. Uh, they actually have a display about them in the uh, Circus World Museum in Baraboo, Wisconsin. But many people would consider this to be a freak show of outcasts. But here's what happened. People began to show up, and their perspective and their heart changed toward these people who society had marginalized and rejected. P.T. Barnum said, I see something special in you. I see something unique in you that the world needs to see. And so he created this circus of, of misfits. You have to understand that life was much different in the 1800s. Before joining the circus, these people, they didn't go out in public. People avoided them. People viewed them as, as freaks, as, as monsters. People would not associate with them which is very similar to the culture in the first century when Jesus ministered. If you read the Gospels, the first four books in the New Testament, the biographies about Jesus, you quickly notice that they shunned anybody with a physical disability or abnormality or disease. They treated these people as subhuman. Religious people wouldn't even welcome them into the temple. But Jesus brought a revolutionary uh, message. Jesus embraced hurting humanity and invited them to join the family of God. You ever heard this expression? People used to say this a lot. I'm going to run off and join the circus. Yeah, people used to say, I'm going to run off and join the circus. Here was the idea. No matter how weird you are, no matter how different you are, no matter how much your friends and family don't understand you or don't accept you, your circus family will accept you. You can join the circus. And that's really the vision of the church. That's really the vision Jesus has for the church. The church is for everyone, a place where everyone is welcome and accepted and loved. Let me show you a scripture to illustrate this point. This is from Luke chapter 5. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Now, you know, we don't worry about leprosy today. We've got medicine uh, for it. But back in the first century, leprosy was highly feared, highly contagious. It would distort and disfigure people's bodies. They actually, uh, in, in uh, Bible times, they uh, developed leper colonies outside of towns where they would quarantine lepers to live in isolation until they died. If a leper had to venture out, they, the law required them to yell, unclean, unclean, so that you would keep your distance. But it says when he, this man with leprosy, saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, look at this, touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. People, people feared leprosy, but it didn't scare Jesus. Notice how Jesus doesn't just engage him in a conversation. He heals this man. And he doesn't heal him from a distance, you know. He, he, it says he touches him. 
He did more than heal him physically. He actually gave him dignity. He ascribes value to this man. Jesus restores him as a, as a person with beauty and sacred worth in the eyes of God. This story about Jesus and the, and the leper reminds me of this movie because in some ways, P.T. Barnum does the same thing. Now, Barnum profits from these people, but he ascribes value to them. He provides them with a life. He provides them with a job, a living. He provides them with a community so they no longer have to live alone.
So P.T. Barnum sends this incredible message of, of diversity and acceptance. And his uh, new circus show is an incredible success, packing out every night. He's able now, now he's able to provide for his family. They buy a house. He gives his daughter those ballet shoes that she uh, wanted. He, he seems to have everything that he wanted. He achieved his goal. And you would think that he was totally content, right? Wrong. Because P.T. Barnum wants something more. What he has is not enough. You ever notice that sometimes the only thing worse than getting what you want is getting what you want and it leaves you wanting? And that's where we find P.T. Barnum. He started out saying, I'm doing this all for my family. I'm doing this all for others, which many of us have probably said to ourselves. Uh, with every job we take and the travel we schedule and the long hours that we work, you know, we tell ourselves, I'm doing this all for my family. I'm doing this for others. But once P.T. Barnum achieves success, it's not enough. P.T. realized that one segment of society has not embraced his show as valid. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the segment that his wife, the high society that his wife uh, came from, and something inside P.T. drives him to prove himself to them. And so here's what he does. He gambles his house and his fortune on an opera singer to appeal to a higher, a highbrow crowd. And so he starts running two shows, his circus show with his circus friends, and then a new opera concert with the beautiful and talented singer named Jenny Lind. Here's the lyrics of a song that Jenny sings. I, I want to share it with you. It's kind of like the anthem of P.T. Barnum's life. All the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough, never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough. Never be enough. And so here's what happens. P.T. not only shuns his circus friends because they don't fit in with his new crowd, he begins to neglect his family, the people that he wanted to please the most, because they're a distraction to this new project. Jesus warned about this kind of uh, behavior. He said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. Jesus says, it's not worth it. It's not worth your soul. And this almost happens to P.T. While away on a trip, Jenny tries to persuade him to leave his family for her. P.T. refuses. She kisses him. A newspaper snaps a photo. And even though Barnum says no, even though he refuses, he is in so deep he doesn't know what to do next. And when he returns home to his family, he discovers that his circus building is now up in flames and uh, his marriage is not far behind. Come to gloat, I wouldn't. They caught the thugs who started the fire. I thought you'd like to know. <clears throat> I never liked your show, but I always thought the people did. They did. They do. 
Mind you, I wouldn't call it art. Of course not. But putting folks of all kinds on stage with you, all colors, shapes, sizes, presenting them as equals, or another critic might have even called it a celebration of humanity. I would have liked that. Mm. Well, I hope you'll rebuild. Mm. Thank God for Jenny's tour. We can we can bar off the profits. We'll be fine. You don't know. Mm. I'm sorry. Charity? Oh, God, Charity. I am... I don't want to talk to you. N nothing happened. This oh, is ridiculous. Nothing happened. It's on the cover of every paper in New York. Because she orchestrated the photo. I'm not in love with her. Well, of course you're not. Not with her, not with me, not with anyone. Just you and your show. What are you doing? I'm going home. This is your home. The bank. They're evicting us. Why didn't you ask me before? I would have said yes. I never minded the risk, but we always did it together. Jesus warns about living a life filled with possessions, empty of value. Look at what he said about this. He told the story. He said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store all my grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night uh, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. This story that Jesus tells about in Scripture, it reminds me of the story of P.T. Barnum. I imagine this man in Scripture didn't intend for this to happen. I mean, things just got out of hand in his life. Uh, you know, just, just a little more, just a little bit more, a few more hours at the office, a few more years. I mean, no one will care. No one will get hurt. Things will eventually settle down. But guess what? They never do. And in the story, Jesus told this man's life ends only to realize it wasn't much of a life. I've heard it said this way. It's like climbing a ladder only to realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. All of us, I, I, my guess is that all of us can relate. We've put off a future goal in exchange for instant gratification. We pursued work, claiming it was all for our family, but it was for us. We pursued a hobby only to alienate those that we love. We've allowed a pleasure to turn into an addiction and it now becomes a prison. We pursued something thinking we deserved it only to have it undermine our happiness. PT says, from now on, my eyes will not be blinded by the lights. Let me ask you a question, River Glen. What are the lights for you? What is the light 
in, in your life? What are the things in your life that are so blinding they can distract you from what matters the most? Could it be the need for accolades, achievement, advancement in your career? Or perhaps it could be pleasure, managing self-image, defending your insecurities. Because until we land on what blinds us, and we can say it out loud, we'll never be able to say that first phrase, from now on. Let me ask, do you need to make a from now on decision today? As we talk about P.T. Parnum, is there something in your life where you resonate with PT and you go, I need to make one of those decisions in my life today. Maybe it's between you and your family. From now on, I will not prioritize work over you. I'm still going to have, you know, uh, some late meetings and some business uh, uh, trips. But when I'm home, I'm home. You're not going to have to fight for my time and my attention. If you're married, what about between you and your spouse? From now on, that relationship that relationship you're concerned about at the office that I say is no big deal, I'm going to trust your heart. I'm going to trust your discernment. It's over. From now on, pornography is not going to have a destructive hold on my life. From now on, spending is not going to be a point of contention. I'm not even going to use the credit card unless we agree to it. Or from now on, I'm going to get help for my habits or hurts or hang-ups, or from now on, I'm going to stop living in the past, and I'm going to start preparing for the future. Or how about between you and your friends? From now on, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a person of my word. I'm going to be a truth teller. From now on, you can trust me. From now on, instead of you always being there for me, I'm going to be there for you. Or more importantly, maybe it's between you and God. From now on, Church is not going to be an afterthought. From now on, Jesus, not going to be an afterthought. From now on, God, time with you is not something that I have to do. It's something that I want to do because I see your love for me. Or from now on, my generosity is not going to be accidental. It's going to be intentional. Or from now on, God, I'm going to trust you and your word over my feelings, over my thoughts. Maybe today, it's time for you to make a from now on decision so that you don't find yourself climbing a ladder and discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. Do you need to make a from now on decision today? brought hardship on you and our family. You warned me, and I wouldn't listen. I just... I wanted to be more than I was. I 
I never wanted anything but the man I fell in love with. That this promise in me, Star, like an anthem in my heart. However big, however small. From now on. From now on. the message of that, uh, of that song. Uh, all of us can relate to a message of new beginnings, and all of us can experience something new today because we can stop living blinded by the lights, and we can live consistently in the light that only Jesus provides. Maybe today, maybe it's time for you to make a from now on decision so that, as a song says, you can come alive. I'm going to pray for us, and I want to ask you, would you stand with me for closing prayer? God, I thank you for stories like this that stir the heart and soul and call us to a bigger life than just our life. I thank you for stories that remind us how we were made for more, and I thank you for Jesus who shows us how to do that. For everyone saying from now on, I pray for your supernatural help in doing this. For everyone who has said that before, only to mess up again, I thank you for your continued second chances and grace, and I pray for a new from now on moment today. We thank you that through your son we are made to come alive, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you next week.